recording. Um, so, um, if you wouldn't mind, put some ones in there, and you're not doing it, so I'm not sure you guys are hearing us. If we don't see some ones here, we're going to be a little worried. So, you should be seeing us and hearing us. So, it's real simple. Just find that little question box and just throw a one in. Right now, there isn't any. So, I'm going to assume you're hearing us and, and, uh, and seeing us all right. And throughout the presentation, go ahead and put questions in or comments, and we'll get our, our guests to, uh, to answer them. It looks like we do have some ones in here now, so I think everything's fine. Very cool. Thank you, everybody that put some ones in. Appreciate it. So here we are with our guest today. I know very little to nothing about you guys, so I'm going to apologize for that up front. Give, let's start with your names. Let's go with that one. I know that I've seen that you've been together at least a little while, 10 years or so, and that's pretty cool, and that you're building a business as a couple. That's cool also. It's hard. I've done it with my wife, and I'm doing it with my wife, so I know how tough that can be. It can be great fun, but there's also some tensions that can occur. So tell us your names. Let's start with that. So my name is Angie. And my name is Bernard. And uh, we're, yeah, we're co-founders yeah. So um, yeah, you're right, Wayne. So yeah, we've been together for 10 years now and uh, partners in life, partners in business, not always the easiest thing. Uh, but at least the one common <laughs> thing we share though is our passion for sustainability and, and um, animals. You know, animals, the environment. Uh, so at least that's what wow. keeps us, <laughs> <laughs> everything else we fight about, but that's one thing we can agree on. We fight about laundry too. <laughs> yeah. So any little ones around, whether they be humans or animals or you name it? Yeah, we, we, we had a couple of little cats. Uh, <laughs> we call them that. Those are our kids for now. Uh, you know, as you know, with an entrepreneur, it's, you know, it, business sometimes takes over your life. And uh, it's, it's really tough to, to think about anything else outside of that. <laughs> um, and kind laundry is our priority right now. So that's that's pretty much, pretty much taken much of our time. By the way, Sierra, why don't you put your webcam on? We have one of our other hosts here, and I'm going to see if she'll turn her webcam on. We'll keep going. Where's home for you guys? So where are you where are you coming to us from? We are based in Toronto, Canada. And has that been home for a while? That has been yeah, that has been home for us for pretty much forever. Yeah. Yeah, we love it here. Um, you know, it's uh, because we, 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 you know, sustainability is such a big thing for us. We, we, we love, you know, the, some of the changes that the Canadian government is actually implementing uh, very soon as well. So by the end of this year, they're actually banning all um, uh, plastic uh, forks and knives as takeouts with restaurants. And then obviously now with uh, a lot of grocery stores as well, um, you know, they're, they're not offering plastic bags anymore. Um, so just love it, you know, like just in terms of how the government is, is managing, um, you know, the, the plastic crisis here. How about plastic straws at, uh, at fast yep. food places or restaurants? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like if you, banned or, or not, they are. you go to like your local restaurants and Starbucks, uh, majority, I wouldn't say like all of them right now, um, they're using more like the, the paper straws. Um, so, and, and a lot of, uh, so we have a big coffee chain here named Tim Hortons uh, and uh, and they're actually they actually change their cap so that you can just drink straight out of the cap 
so they don't give away straws anymore. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, we we've been on a we've been on a roll having our guests be plastic um, vigilantes <laughs> going after the plastic. Um, mm -hmm. And our last group um, was from Australia, and a husband and wife team also, and and they spent seven or eight years in Toronto and actually went there from Australia believing they were going to find a more sustainable, um, eco-friendly life. And they did. And they went back to Australia and found that things had changed a little bit, that things had actually gotten more eco-friendly and green in, and, uh, in Australia. But one of the things that they were really excited about, that if you get a chance as we talk here, maybe you can, if you know anything about it, is that there are essentially financial incentives to not be using plastic for consumers and that there's, there's some pretty significant, like in the US, we have like this, this is a, a metal can and if I recycle it, I get a dime back. Right. So, and a lot of plastic containers, if I take it and recycle it, I get a dime back. So that, but this is supposedly more, more of a, uh, almost a reverse tax, um, or maybe it is a tax on plastic, plastic suppliers. But if you know about it, we can talk about it. So Toronto forever. You know, I, I have a lot of really good friends from, from Toronto. You guys are a little California-ish. I'm from California. Torontons <laughs> don't have accent. You, you don't have the Western Canadian where there's a lot of the process. And uh, it's a, it's a, there's clearly, I can always tell someone from British Columbia or from Alberta, maybe even Saskatchewan. And then you certainly don't have the French Canadian. Sort of from, uh, from Ontario <laughs> and so on. Torontons tend to be very uh, diverse, and so because of that, there's not a lot of an accent. You sound you sound very uh, neutral in terms of voice. So, what would you say are terms though, or words that maybe are a little distinctive to the Torontan speech? I gave one from Western Canada: process rather than process, which we use here in this country. What would be one maybe that you use? Oh, that's a good, I feel like there's so many, but the top of our head, what else, um, what other words? Um, I really, I really they, can't think of any. I mean, like, obviously, like, you know, the A with Canadians, like, right, A, um, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. just. Is that, is that nationwide? So that, that's kind of nationwide. You know yeah, what? I, you hear that. Yeah, we've been living here for so long that we probably are just so immune to it. We don't even notice it anymore. Um, but like to your point, though, like because Toronto is so diverse, um, it's actually one of the the, the, the bigger cities with uh, with 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 you know, just all types of restaurants here uh, because of the the there's so many different cultures here. So I don't think there's like a one specific thing to Toronto, just just because everyone kind of brings their own thing in. And uh, obviously us being, you know, a diverse background as well, 
um, here in Toronto, like you almost see, and that's a great thing. That's what I love about Toronto is like you just see people uh, as people. You don't see them as color. You don't see them as anything. They're just people, you know. And everyone gets along, and uh, and 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 that's the one great thing about Toronto. We might come back to that one a little bit later, and in terms of you can hear the contrast to what's going on here in the states that way. But we'll we'll leave that for a little bit. So let's get let's get more into your passion. And 10 years as life partners, business partners, tell us how KIND became an interest and maybe take us back further, even, you know, either independently in your lives, you can each talk about it and sort of what led towards. Take us to the start of KIND, then we're going to take you through it. We'll go kind of through its lifetime a little bit. By the way, in the background, everybody, um, when you guys before... Not only were we worried about maybe you wouldn't be here, Instagram was down for a while, for about a half an hour, Instagram. So we were trying to get to your Instagram page and it was down. But, and then anyway, we just weren't able to get some things on, but we did, and those are now out there. Tierra, are you able to talk? I know you're, you must be maybe on the road, so, you're, so you're, um, um, your webcam's not on, but if you're able to talk, tell me, tell me that you're out there. Yeah, I'm out here. I didn't want to be a distraction. I have people working on the house today and they're running around and being loud with hammers, but I'm here listening. Hey guys, I'm glad to have you. Thank Thanks you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Sierra's from, Sierra's from the Cincinnati, Ohio area. I'm from Northern Colorado. Areeb's from, from, uh, from Pakistan and Mark is from Bangladesh. So we've got we got the world kind of covered here in the in the northern part, sort of broadly. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, right. So again, let's go to my question. Take us from whatever you think it's appropriate, either independently or together, up to the start of kind, and even go to how'd you pick the name and and sort of the direction the business is going to go and so on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think just super briefly about us, um, you know, we also started uh, in the corporate world. So we each individually work for different, you know, Fortune 500 companies um, and our background is marketing. And, uh, you know, I just remember one day, you know, you get to that age where you got to you, you see all your friends around getting married, you know, having kids and that, you know, we we we, we were still in a corporate world. And um, I just remember one day sitting at Angie's home and we're like, hey, like, you know, we, we got to decide what we want to do with our future. Um, and it's always peer pressure, right? You, you see all, all, all your friends like climbing the corporate ladder, starting a family. It's, it's very enticing. And for us, we always knew that, um, you know, that's not really the path we want to go. We want to do something bigger in life with, with more impact. And uh, it, it's that very specific moment. There, there was just two paths for us. Like either we'd become an entrepreneur or, you know, we just be comfortable. So uh, still remember it like yesterday, but uh, yeah, we, we, we took the, uh, you know, the, 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 the less, uh, I guess, explored path. And uh, yeah, we chose the entrepreneurial journey. And that was about what, like six, seven years ago now? Yeah, six, seven years ago. And so our very first business together was um, we invested in a healthy fast food restaurant because we're really into health and wellness. Um, so that was our first business, like a franchise. And part of that whole experience, which is incredible because you get to build a team um, and, you know, have your own hours. But uh, we realized that because 
we, we made a lot of salads, um, it's a healthy fast food place. We were actually putting a lot of the salads and the fresh vegetables into a single use plastic. I say plastic in quotes because they said that it's actually biodegradable, but we're not 100% sure. And then we're like shaking it up and we actually would go through like over 100 of these plastic bags every single day. And it just kind of like made us wonder like, wow, we're just one small restaurant. Um, this is a franchise with hundreds of restaurants um, under one brand. Imagine what, like how much plastic we're wasting across the industry and in general, just like in consumer goods, right? Like just in what you see in the grocery store. So that kind of made us think about sustainability in that sense too. So that led us on to opening up a, a bunch of other stores online um, where we sold a bunch of products that um, we found that was kind of interesting and fascinating. And fast forward to us kind of discovering this concept, Kind Laundry, which was, I would say, um, around April 2020 of last year, that's when the inception of the idea um, started. And uh, we just knew it was kind of the one. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just something we both actually liked and uh, were passionate about and it kind of represents us as people. So we uh, created packaging, created the whole marketing message, and um, ordered our first inventory in August 2020, um, six months ago. And we thought we had enough inventory for 36 months, but we completely sold down the first month um, to our surprise because we just weren't sure if people um, understood this concept. Like, what do you mean it's detergent sheets? Like, does it replace dryer sheets? How does it work? But we didn't have to have that much education. Like, the we just found that the market just got it, which is great, and they absolutely love it. So um, that's just kind of like a, in a nutshell, how we keep the kind laundry. So now tell me what your product is, what your product or products are. Sure. Um, well, we have it here in front of us. So this is our cool. package. And um, we have actually two different skins. So there's fragrance spray and then there's ocean breeze for, the, for those who um, like scents in their laundry. And do you want to speak to the sheet itself? Yeah, so the sheets like literally looks like a your traditional like dryer sheet, but obviously it's it's filled with um, detergents and and cleaning agents. So um, here's a little too um, because it's so flexible, you can actually tear this detergent sheet in half or in a strip. And this is perfect for especially this time when you have face masks, you don't want to use an entire sheet. You can just use this. And then just for demonstration, here's a cup of water just to show you guys how it sort of dissolves in water completely. So this is fully biodegradable. Um, it only contains four simple plant-derived ingredients. And um, there's a, um, no, like it's all non-toxic. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so like um, pretty much traditional detergents as you will be familiar with. Um, these detergents, traditional ones, contain more than 25 toxic chemicals, and because it is liquid, it's mostly water anyways, um, and the chemicals could contain like things like, for instance, UV brighteners, dyes, or unnecessary surfactants to give you the illusion, people the illusion that it's cleaning their clothes better, but in fact, they're just ingredients to make the product look more green or more blue, because people, when they see blue or green, it looks like it's cleaning the clothes better or chemicals to add to make it more soapy or sudsy, um, and also fragrance to make it 
smell really strong so that when you wash your clothes, you think it's cleaner, but in fact, it's just um, scent, strong scent. So for us, we removed all these unnecessary surfactants and chemicals that doesn't really um, clean the clothes. And we just really kept ingredients that would actually clean your clothes better, but they're also plant-derived and um, a lot less toxic and they're completely biodegradable. So that's the huge difference between something like, like a traditional detergent and our, our, the formulation of our product. Yeah, um, but I think the main story with Kind Laundry though is again, once again, this packaging. Um, it's, it's, as craft you can paper. see, it's all craft paper. There's no zero plastic at all. Um, and when we look at, um, actually, if, if, if you look at your, your home and your kitchen, just anywhere around your home, uh, you know, you have, a, you have a sustainable product that you can either think of or you probably already own. But for some reason, when you look at your laundry room, there's just not an alternative out there right now. You know, it's still filled with single-use plastic jugs or containers. Um, so that's where we really see an opportunity for us to offer consumers who are kind of like us, on a, already on a sustainable journey, but are looking for that alternative to replace some of those products in their in their laundry room. Um, and uh, and as probably most of your audience, and as you know, just even in the U.S. alone, uh, close to a billion tons of, of uh, or sorry, a billion uh, plastic jugs goes into landfills and oceans um, every single year. Uh, and just to put that in perspective, in the world, that's like one garbage truckload of plastic dumped into the ocean every single minute. So um, for us, that is the main driver and why we started Kind Laundry is, is really to, to, to tackle this, you know, global catastrophe that, that we really can't ignore. That's awesome. Um, let's go back to the ingredients. Did you guys do the formulation? Did you, or you and your team, it didn't have to be you individually, or did you find something that was out there, able to, able to buy it, license it, or something? That's a great question. So we, yeah, we worked with our manufacturer and their team of chemists to, um, to come up with the formulation. So um, this is actually really exciting, but we're always looking for more sustainable raw ingredients. And it's, you know, it's always changing and they would actually come forth with some ingredients that we can explore together. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, we're updating our formulation to include tea seed oil. Um, tea seed oil or tea seed oil powder is actually very common in Asia. Um, it's kind of like the baking soda powder in um, North America because it's very natural, it's antibacterial. And people there use it for to wash their hair as shampoo, wash their dishes, and even also do their laundry. So we added that into our, our formulation. So we work closely with the chemist team to just work, play around with the formulation and add things that we feel like it could be innovative or better for the earth. Patent? Have any? Sorry? No, not patent. Not. Do you have any patents? Yeah, that's something we're working towards. Um, again, just because we're so new in the market, <laughs> we're just getting so much overwhelming responses for the product. Uh, we're, we're moving everything all at once. Uh, we're, I mean, the first thing was uh, for us to just even tackle the, the demand. Again, it just caught us by surprise. Uh, but yeah, now we're just slowly looking at uh, patents and trademarks, and, trademarks and, and all that. So let's go to the, the market real quick. You guys were marketers, so you probably have done a great job of marketing and better than maybe some would. Um, but 
what do you attribute that really great start that you had, and uh, what do you attribute it to? What, what, was the, what, what was the reasoning for it? Yeah, I think really identifying the, the demographic is really important um, mm-hmm. because as you know, with laundry, like every, every single person in this world does laundry from, from birth to, to death, laundry. Um, and uh, it's kind of like water. You can target anyone in the world, but it's like you got to speak to the right audience. I think that's, that's the most important. So for us, we really have pretty much two angles here, right? Because um, with zero waste in the laundry detergent category, that has never been talked about too much. Uh, especially with simple ingredients, kind of like you know what, what we're offering now with tea seed oil, um, that has never been seen before. So there's really two types of niches that we call uh, that that we can um, start with, uh, and then once you gain a loyal audience, and then that's when you start slowly you know, moving out from there. Um, so yeah, I would probably attribute that, and then also just looking into the category that that we're in, or or a business could be in to see what makes you unique. Um, for, for us, obviously, our, our entire product is very unique in the category, but um, you know, just focusing on, on those points that makes you stand out. Um, so yeah, I think, I think combining all those factors, that's what makes us successful so far. So our, like, we, we call them raving fans, but our community is mostly, um, it's interesting when we look at our community and the analytics, but they're mostly young families um, and also mommies that have young children or newborns. Um, who are trying to introduce more non-toxic household cleaning products to their home. So we see that a huge, like they have been instrumental in helping us share our story, giving us feedback as well. And um, and yeah, creating, helping us create content in the community for Instagram. And Areeb, stay on, or Mark, stay on this page where you're at on the, I just, cause I'm gonna ask him some pricing questions. So, um, I'm not proud of what I'm going to ask here, but I'm, a, I'm proud of, of sort of what's associated with it. Um, but the reason it started is a whole different story. So for my entire married life, which is now almost 39 years, so 38 and a, and a half, up until about 10 years ago, my wife did my laundry. And I'm not proud of that. It's just that's the way it was. And she folded it and it was in my closet and in my, in my drawers and so on. <laughs> 10 years ago, it's actually a little longer than that. I, I actually remember exactly, it was 2008, so almost 13 years ago now. We, um, we put some, and then by the way, the two of us were living alone then. We have four kids. And so before that, we had laundry for a lot of folks. But at that point, we were alone. Um, no, you know what? As I think of it, we weren't. There was still one at home. But anyway, bottom line is we had a, a little toilet room where there was a, the toilet, okay? And right across from it, were two, a mini washer and a mini dryer. And then the door was right here, okay? So you, you walked in, you turn right, you sit on the toilet, you turn left. So I'd be on the toilet and I'd see the, the washer and dryer. And I said, I think I could do this. <laughs> and I started doing my own laundry. Well, that lasted 
six years, something. Now we live where we went back to the bigger washer and dryer. It's not nearly as convenient anymore, but I actually really like, and I've chosen my own detergents. By the way, I'm going to move to yours, but, um, and I actually have gone with one for a company I'm not going to mention, which is they talk about being biodegradable and it's, it is sheet and it does come in, it comes in a, a, a bag sort of instead of a box that, that is probably um, a paper type product. I've got to look a little more into that, but, um, but I'm, here's what I'm still embarrassed about. I don't buy that myself, so I don't know pricing. So how do you guys compare to that evil orange bottle that you showed earlier in, in Canada, let's say in your market directly? Yeah. Price so, wise. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So for us, um, we always look at the price per load, right? Um, so we understand that there's a lot of brands out there. They're, they're probably priced between 20 to 25 cents per load. Yeah. Um, and then so that's that's kind of like your, I guess, your bottom tier. Um, and then as you move up with the with the more eco-friendly options, the better ingredients, you're looking at somewhere between like 20 to 30 cents per load, depending on obviously the size that they sell it in as well. Um, so with Kind Laundry, we ha actually have a subscription model and also you can buy single box as well. And, you know, as you can see here on the screen, we have bundles. So it's so a three, six, 10. So I would say we average out to be about, you know, like that high 20s, depending which package you get, mid, -20s, um, mid, to, mid to high 20s yeah. per load. So we're pretty competitive in the market. Um, but obviously, obviously, that's not to mention all the benefits you get from the product as well. And I think uh, the customer is going to see a lot of value in that, in that, uh, again, with just with the simpler ingredients, with with the space that you're going to save as well in your laundry room, uh, and then the ease of use. So, uh, Wayne, I, I, I love what you just said. You know, it's so so complicated uh, to do laundry, and, and, and that's what deters a lot of people from doing it. Uh, and they always leave it to the end of the week. I'm guilty of that. Um, and I used it's to do that. It's the messy measuring cup. It's yeah. All, it's, yeah, it's all the messy measuring cups and, uh, and, and the heavy lifting with the jug and all that. So one of our mission also is to is to alleviate that, right? To make laundry more fun and, and easy again. So uh, I know I was talking about, you know, um, uh, our target demographic in the beginning. So we, we noticed there are a lot of, uh, so far, female customers. But surprisingly, we, we're attracting a lot of male buyers as well, but for different reasons. It's because uh, of the ease of use. And then, and then obviously, again, the ingredients part. Uh, and we are getting a lot of feedback from uh, from mom saying that, uh, you know, hey, I, I finally got my husband to start using the detergent sheet because it's so easy to use. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, when it comes to pricing, when it comes to the orange, that your typical orange jug, um, normally the cost that what you pay is going towards the actual the plastic jug itself and the transportation because it's so heavy to transport. Mm -hmm. So you're paying for, like, the gas for it, but because ours is so lightweight, um, we can actually put more of the dollars behind a better formulation that has quality ingredients. So for instance, like even, I mean, there are other players in the market that does sell these sheets, but what makes it very different is our formulation. With theirs, they contain up to 50% fillers or even more, and their main ingredient is starch, which is a bulking agent. It's not really a cleanser. So even comparing ourselves to another premium detergent sheet out in the market our main ingredients is 45 times more expensive than their main ingredient so imagine how much more expensive our main ingredient is with like something like 
a traditional detergent that's liquid that has like 25 toxic chemicals in it. So that's the main difference in terms of pricing. Um, and yeah, we try to give the best value in terms of quality of our product and price, and we want to be affordable and accessible. And I see free shipping. What's that? What's the geography of the free shipping? All yeah. over the U.S. Yeah. and uh, Canada, if they spend. Um, uh, all over North America. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the interesting thing is like we we notice a lot of people are buying bundles, um, just because again people are more environmentally conscious. So instead of doing a, a subscription, which requires you know monthly transportation as well, um, a lot of our customers actually they, they prefer to buy in in bulk. So mm -hmm. just that one shipment, one order, and then that would uh, you know have the you know that would be enough supply for them for either half a year or for the full year. If I wanted to subscribe at the three box per delivery level, would I get a discount over the 54 or is that what it is even on subscription? Does the subscriber get paying a little less or the same? Yeah, so the subscription is 15% off. So even if you buy it at one single box, you're, you're getting actually a, right. a uh, more of a savings and the subscription gets the, the free shipping as well. Um, so yeah, definitely this, this subscription is, is uh, I, I guess, the, the main part of our business. And a lot of people like, um, it's interesting because like, they don't know how, how much laundry or sheets they'll go through. So it's very flexible. They can go in and mm -hmm. subscribe every month or change it to every two months, every three months, every six months. So it's, they, they can log into the, the backend platform to like play around with the dates and the amount that they want. Um, how about international? What if people wanted to buy in, what if Mark or, or Arib wanted to buy in Pakistan or, or uh, Bangladesh? Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't looked outside of the North American market uh, as of yet. Uh, again, just because of- Which, by the way, a huge market. You don't, you don't really need to from a size side. <laughs> but I guess it's curious. Yeah, so for us, we, we really just want to figure out um, our, again, just our audience, uh, you know, just even fine tune our, our, our um, branding, our messaging, uh, just figuring out a lot of like little details before we expand into the international market, um, just because there's just so much to learn within the North American market alone. So, um, but uh, obviously there are thoughts to expand into the international market, but just not at this very moment right now. Um, let's talk a little bit of economics. Is this now full time for you guys or are you still do, doing some of the other entrepreneurial ventures that you described? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, not our full time thing right now. And, uh, and you know, yeah, we do need other sources of income to, to support this business. Um, you know, anybody that started a, a business from ground up, you know, I think everyone knows how hard it is and how much resources it takes. So it's it's definitely, you know, not something that it could sustain someone's lifestyle in the beginning. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, we believe in this product. We already have a lot of um, venture capitalists reaching out to us and trying to understand the product. And, and we have a lot of interest in investments as well. Um, so potentially we can be looking at that you know, in, in the near future, actually, uh, to just expand this brand very quickly uh, and, and just to even have the brand sustain itself uh, in, in the long run and, and also obviously to scale out as well. Yeah, but the, at the moment, we're fully self-funded. So um, I have yeah, like... That's going to be my next question. 
So you've answered that. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, so fully self-funded. Uh, we do a lot of, like, he, he still manages our other e-commerce business and I do consulting on the side. And um, all that money, whatever's left over for our basic living expenses, we'll take for basic living expenses. And then everything that's left over, we put into Plan Laundry. Do you have a packager or are you packaging? In your garage or somewhere else? The <laughs> manufacturer actually creates a product for us and they work with their manufacturer to create the packaging for us. It's kind of like an all-in-one place. Well, that, that's a good thing. Um, so economics. What, what is, is it all Canadian done or are you going overseas for anything? Yeah, so our product is made overseas in China. We actually, before looking to our manufacturers, we actually interviewed and sampled over 30 manufacturers. There was one in Canada, but um, unfortunately, as much as we want to work with a Canadian manufacturer because we're Canadian, um, they just weren't flexible with how we want to customize our formulation. They're the ones that want to keep it as what it was, and we just had a lot of fillers and starch in it. And so we truly believe that if we're going to go all in in this product and be zero waste, we might as well have a you know the, the best non-toxic formulation. So we found a factory that has 17 years experience um, that specializes in this, and they're able to kind of help us with the formulation that we want to produce. So I've heard and I have really good friends that have had great experiences in China and some that haven't had such good ones. And most of the ones that have had really good ones went over there and actually did visit with the manufacturer. Did you guys do that or did you just work on trust a little bit here? That's a really good question. Normally, um, so because we've been selling products online for the last five years, we go to China every single, Hong Kong, China every single year to visit all of our manufacturers. And by the way, they're incredible hosts. Every single time we go there, they're so kind. They take us around. We get to not only learn about their factory and their manufacturing process, because we believe they're like, they're the best in the world at manufacturing, but like just also culturally too, they're just visiting the different cities. But um, because of COVID, we weren't able to visit them last year. And also we're trying our best to see what the, the Canadian regulations are when it comes to travel. Right now, it's still very strict. So um, hopefully, we would love to go visit them. They've been asking us to as well, but they've been sending us videos and pictures of their process, so that's kind of cool. But right now, everything is based cool. on trust. I'm going to make an assumption. You're bilingual, or, or more than bilingual, so you probably speak some Chinese dialect. I wish. So I'm actually happy. Really? Wow. I'm happy Nimi's um, and half Chinese, but I I I was born in Toronto, so unfortunately I don't know Chinese. Um, you're born in Hong Kong, that's Cantonese. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, my, my parents is Cantonese, so that's the wrong side of the Chinese <laughs> to be <laughs> speaking in uh, China. So they speak Mandarin yeah. and uh, and right. it's two different dialects. So even even no, you're not. yeah, I still have to try to speak English to them to get them to understand. So you. Uh, you've got to have heard this, but not always the audience has. So what do you call a person that speaks three languages? I don't know. <laughs> trilingual? Tri trilingual. Trilingual. Okay. Tri three. Trilingual. What do you call a person that speaks two languages? Bilingual. Bilingual. 
What do you call a person that speaks one language? American. Okay. Okay, I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately it is really true. <laughs> so and again, I'm not saying Canadian, I said American. I was pointing all all the fingers were pointing at me. I, I speak some Spanish, but not nearly. Mark and Arib, I'm not even they're gonna be very humble about it, but at least seven languages. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm unbelievable. <laughs> so um, we just we're, we we do not have the language skills or something. Anyway, that hurts you on the manufacturing side. <laughs> not a big help, but anyway, um, landed cost. Let's say of the. I'm trying to just get to where what your margins are. Um, just so as entrepreneurs, people think about it. Are you so? What's your landed cost per box? And if you just sell a single box, what would be retail for it? Not with the shipping and everything. So. People are going to pay for shipping. You know, what would just a box with, with shipping include, you know, added be? So all of this is pretty still confidential now because we are negotiating on pricing. And oh, okay. Because it does. Well, maybe just give me percentage. What's your gross? What's your gross percentage over, just generally? Uh, it's it's. But if I, I mean. Yeah, it depends which channel that 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 we're you know selling it from. Like obviously we have our DTC channels, we have sometimes even dropship channels that that people want to dropship our products. Uh, retailers obviously, uh, but we Insurance. always yeah I'm gonna uh, aim for like above fifty percent. Okay, well, bottom line is 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 that a problem? Would you like to greatly reduce what your landed cost is? Yeah, we're always trying to reduce Orlando costs as much as possible because um, also because it's like an entrepreneurial community when you're shipping product so we have uh, three SKUs not all of our products are actually made in China we have a vegan stain remover bar that's made in Canada so the yeah, thing we, is, we saw that earlier that was very cool yeah. yeah so we work with teams and manufacturers that specialize in specific products so um, for specifically sheets it is made in China so as you know and the community knows when you import stuff from China, there is that tariff tax, that 25% tariff tax as well. So because of that, we are trying our best to decrease it as much as possible. But that it has to do with economies of scale, like as we increase our volume. But at the same time, right now, um, raw material pricing is also increasing too. So there's just so many. That's why it's fluctuating all the time. It's hard to kind of give an, an actual number because it's based on volume, based on raw material costs. It could change next month. Right now, it's already changed, and so many other variations. Um, so what? let's talk about your sales channels. What percentage of your sale is off your website? What percentage to, let's say, two retailers? And what percentage is maybe Amazon, other third-party website sales? I would say like online maybe sales point would probably be like 55% um, D2C, so on our website, and then I would say 45% retail. Yeah. Yeah, and third parties, that's just very, very new. We just onboarded just a couple, like a handful of um, 
websites and platforms like marketplaces that would love to sell our product, but it's more like a dropship model. So we just signed the contract and everything. So we don't know what the flow through is yet, but we're thinking that that could be a pretty decent sized harbor business as this model becomes more and more popular and we sign on more third party dropship sites. What would you like to be in that next five years from now, let's say? Uh, that's a great question. I, I guess D2C because, I mean, that's where the margins are and you have control of the customer. Like you get to connect to them, you have their email, you can send them email address. But we know that in order to make a huge impact, most people in the world today still go into the grocery stores to buy their detergent. So we just want to be accessible and affordable. In order to have that impact, we have to put ourselves in retail stores. So. Yeah, and 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 the yeah. way I see it is is you know with with businesses and entrepreneurship, there's a level of luck <laughs> involved as well. As much as hard as you can work, there's there's going to be some luck. And and for us, we just want to be omnichannel for now, and then see where that where that where that luck strikes us, right? Because like you know, you hear about brands that that become you know massive through e-commerce, and then there are ones that that come through retail, right? Uh, there's just always like all businesses grow in, in, in different ways and everyone has their different journeys. Uh, so for us right now, we're not eliminating any opportunities for us. So um, yeah, we're just going to continue to, to you know, go through all the, all the major channels um, and, and see what happens. And your other entrepreneurial ventures, have you attracted much outside capital? So if you do it with this one, is this a first or have you done it before? No, this is going to be our first time um, that, uh, you know, if, if we're going to look down that entrepreneurial or sorry, the venture capital uh, route. It'll be well, I won't, don't, let's not put venture capital. Let's just say outside, because, as you know, venture capital has its own sort of definition. So just yeah. broadly outside capital. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be our first time. Yeah. Everything that we've done so far has been self-funded, um, but, uh, yeah. but we know. You know, with the laundry detergent category, it's it's a beast of a category. Again, it's it's just so massive. Uh, and it's huge. Yeah. yeah, if we want to disrupt the category or just challenge some of these brands that's dominating the market, uh, you know, we do need outside help, and we realize that. Uh, so so now we're just more open-minded to, to not being fully self-funded for uh, in the in the future. Yeah, especially in this category, I think it's very important. Innovation is pretty much everything in this category. So like that outside help would be like like hiring resources such as a chemist or scientist to really kind of work with us to continue to innovate and find more ways to make our product as earth friendly, um, planet friendly, and and safe for the human health as possible. And is that your primary goal, or or how about adding SKUs? Which you adding could, oh, there's so many areas I can think of. Laundry, laundry detergent, for example, right away comes yeah. up but yeah for now we just uh you know, I, I said laundry i meant dishwashing i don't know i, I mean dishwashing you're already in laundry dishwashing is, is one that comes to mind right away no no i i know i i, I kind of got what you mean um no for us because like you know our name is high laundry and uh we just think that again the laundry detergent category is just so so huge that there's just so much opportunity just within it uh we just want to be good at one thing first, right? And uh, we, we don't want to have our attention go away from this. Um, 
and uh, you know, we just want to be known to be like that detergent company that that makes great products that helps the planet and and all that before we venture off anywhere else. Um, so yeah, for now we're just going to be sticking with this one product. Um, you know, until later on, then we can explore other options. But yeah, I think for now that's it. But the, within the sheet category, there's so many um, things that we can add to it, like in terms of variations of the SKU. So like for, we launched with fragrance spray and then we had a lot of feedback immediately that they would love, for those that love scent, um, we actually added the scent in our second order. And then um, we're actually working on playing around with different formulations where like we have one for, um, and this is very, very niche, but much needed when we actually surveyed our customers is one for blood stains or for that time of the month where women have to go through you know, taking care of their, yeah. their under and yeah. 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 And then because that formulation can tackle that, um, that means it could also tackle like heavier soiled clothing like mud or grass as well. So those are the kind of type of um, talking about. Uh, I'm having a, a negative happen here. I'm going to continue to ask you questions. I, I use a landline for my audio because I'm on a satellite, the video works fine. But if I tried to do the audio over the satellite, it would be delayed and you know, I'd look like I was talking a second later. This phone's now going dead, which I have another one, but I'm gonna have to walk out of here. So I'm gonna turn my webcam on pause for just a second and I'm gonna keep asking you some questions, but I'm just gonna pause it because um, I'm gonna go get another phone. Um, this has been awesome, by the way, you guys have, been great and I think it's an amazing topic. So have you ever watched the show Shark Tank? <laughs> yes. On TV? Yeah. Have you thought about that as a funding potential? And and I ask it for a bunch of reasons, but just have you thought about it? That's a great question again. Um, actually the producer of Shark Tank reached out to us to audition for the show. Um, and obviously, we would love to go on the show. Unfortunately, because we're Canadian, uh, we're not eligible. <laughs> but there's a Canadian version. Wow. Of Shark yes, yes. I mean, Shark Tank has been inspirational for us. We grew up watching Shark Tank and learning a lot from it. But um, yeah, because of our, our status, we can't apply for it. But there's a Canadian version. Well, of it and at least Kevin O'Leary is Canadian. And maybe Robert Hershevik is, but at least I know Kevin is. So we moved over to Shark Tank. <laughs> so yeah, um, there is a Canadian version called Dragon's Den, and we've also been uh, the producer reached out to us as well to to come on the show. But we're still kind of thinking about it because um, we still need to think about when we do bring on an outside investor. We want to make sure that that outside investor um, is a good strategic partner as well. It's not just funding. Um, we do need advice and help, so we're just kind of figuring it out right now. All right. Well, and by the way, I found, I now I remember, I have three phone lines. This is one of the three that won't allow me to switch. I'm going to have to call in another line. I'm going to try to wait out the battery here. But, Sierra, would you please be thinking of some questions if for some reason I get cut? So we've got about 10 minutes left. I don't know if you guys have watched any of our previous webinars and know that one of the things I like to do is what's called a lightning round where I ask you some questions that are really more insightful about you because you've been great. I think we understand your
us. Um, and we're going to end it by letting you tell us two things. One, you know, how do we, what's the easiest way to buy the product from your website where you, I think that's probably where you make the most money. Um, or if people are Canadian, are there some retailers they should go into? And then second, here, Mark or Reeves putting it, you know, how's the best way to get a hold of you? And other than buying product, what's another way that our 30,000 person community can help you? And, um, and that we can, we can do some, because you're doing awesome stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy. Um, Sierra, are you ready to jump in if my phone totally goes dead and I have to switch to another one, which, which could happen? I mean, I would only be off for like 15 seconds, but I, it could be off for a little bit. I'm going to turn my webcam back on. All right, let's try this lightning round. And since there's two of you, I love it when there's two. If you each different answer to these questions, give them. Um, who is a person that affected you in, let's say, pre-20 life, before you were 20, that is not your parents? And tell us why. Oh my God, that's such a, I never had that question before. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I would say myself, uh, if, if that counts. Uh, it's just, I, yeah, I don't have entrepreneur friends or family and uh, everything I've done is just uh, out of just motivation on my own. Um, for me, even in my 20s, I've been following a lot of um, just entrepreneurs. I've just been so fascinated about that. So one person was Tony Robbins. I ha I was listening to a lot of YouTube videos, watching a lot of his old, old, old. Well, he has a lot of old cassette tapes, but um, I watched a lot of his old and listened to a lot of his old content for inspiration and motivation. Have you go to a live event yet? Yes. So yeah, we so we did our first Unleash the Power Within event, and then immediately after that we did um, Life Mastery, and then actually this weekend, starting Saturday, we're going to do the Business Mastery course um, with him, which we're very excited for because we've heard only great things about it. Do you like Brenda Bouchard? Sorry, who? Bouchard. You know that name? Yeah, Brendan Bouchard. Sounds very familiar. Um. Tony and he do things together sometimes. He's out of Portland. A lot, he's not as charismatic as Tony is. Just, he's more of a calm, sort of level-headed speaker. Remember that name, look him up, Brendan Bouchard. I think okay. you would greatly enjoy him. Um, all right, let's go to the, the next phase of your life. Post-20, who would you say is somebody that, is a mentor to you, and it might be Tony. I mean, I, you, the way, but I, maybe someone else. Uh, yeah. So for me personally, uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it's a virtual mentor. Like, he doesn't know me. I, I obviously know him. Uh, but uh, it'll be Eckhart Tolle. Uh, so for me, like, just going through the entrepreneur journey and and just doing so many things on my own to constantly try to improve, which takes a lot of toll on on me mentally. Um, so I find that you know following Eckhart Tolle's teachings, um, it, which is a very spiritual teachings for anybody that doesn't know who Eckhart Tolle is. Um, his teaching is to, to uh, have you focus on the now. Um, that's what he's famous for. And just because your past that, and your future doesn't dictate who you are, um, you know, later on in life. Um, so for me, I'm actually, go ahead. 
Um, I uh, one person I enjoy reading right now is uh, it's through books, by the way. It's Napoleon Hill and uh, Wayne Dyer. So again, same concept. Talk about how to live your best life and how to connect. One zero four four. Please re-enter your access code followed by the pound or hash sign. One of the biggest intentions. I apologize, but I'm trying to get on on the other line here before this one dies. Okay. We are at receipt. It's the other line is. I apologize. It's talking over the top. Um, you just hit on my next question quickly. What's a book or a website or a blog? You name it that you're that you read over the last year or so that you would highly recommend. And you just gave one. So if you've got something else and. Mainly it's because our, our listeners will actually probably, you know, go to try to find it. So. Yeah, for me, another book would be, um, I guess, I guess it will be Phil Knight's Shoe Dog. Because uh, I, I just love his uh, entrepreneurship mindset and, and, and just his never give up mentality. Just because he made Nike so big to, to the point today, but he did it back in a time where especially, you know, now a lot of people are playing like, oh, and you know, it's, it's impossible to start a business and you know, there's so many outside factors, but he actually started Nike when I guess the the, um, the Americans and Japanese just had a war <laughs> and, and him flying to Japan to, uh, you know, negotiate with, with Japanese manufacturers. So, um, and then coming back and then just having that inspiration to start his own Nike brand. I, I, I think that- This is Wayne, I was off for just a second, I'm back on a line that will keep me on now. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Guys there? Yeah, we're here. Can you hear us? Hello? Yeah. Hi. Can you hear us? Yeah, I, I didn't have it on speaker. I got it now. Um, all right. Um, one, and, and the next one, what's a tool? So it could be a physical tool, it could be an internet-related tool, anything that you used over the last year that, again, you would recommend to somebody else. Other than your product. You can't use your product. <laughs> so. Well, in general, because we have so like, – because it's only the two of us and we are, we're wearing so many different hats, um, I love Google Drive and Slack. That keeps me organized. <laughs> That's a must-have for sure. Um, for me, I, I, I guess it's just all my Apple products. Uh, <laughs> I just love how everything connects uh, seamlessly, like either that's text message or emails or whatever, everything is one ecosystem. So yeah, as an entrepreneur, we always have to be organized. Uh, so yeah. Am I, uh, am I hearing a divided household, PC, Mac? <laughs> no, we both used to have a PC, but we, we both recently transitioned over to a Mac and still trying to get used to it, but it's definitely a lot easier. I, I live in a divided household. Um, <laughs> I've tried Apple and I have, I mean, you know, I'm an I'm a iPhone guy and an iPad, but I just have never been able to give up my, my PC. My wife's a web designer, a graphic artist, you know, everything that, and then, so she just is an apple. It's just, you know, to die for. So I, I live in the divided house, the, the divided household. Um, so you, this is, I call this the hard question. And then 
I'm going to let you guys give some final thoughts. And anybody in the audience, if you've got something specific you want to ask, please do. Again, you can do this individually or one of you, however you want to do it. Um, tell us about something that happened in your life that at the time was really negative. And now as you look back at it, it turned out, the results from it turned out really positive. Oh, that's a great question. We have so many negative um, times. I guess we can talk about the most recent one, which is last year around this time, before we had Kind Laundry, you know, we had a lot of businesses and we're making, you know, cash flow money in different ways, but we just felt very um, not fulfilled. And I guess that negativity, it was pretty negative because we were constantly arguing and fighting about, you know, what's our next thing? Like, why are we doing what we're doing? Like, um, what should we focus on, et cetera? So that forced us to actually lock ourselves in a room and write down, you know, brainstorm. We actually had a sheet. I remember that day. Remember, it was a chart of like our our goals and like you know why what we want to achieve from our next business that we want to to build and create. And we actually had a spreadsheet to like break down all the pros and the cons and um, some ideas that we had right mm -hmm. for it. And uh, and kind laundry came up. And then we just knew. It's like sometimes when you just you look at a product and you just kind of know like that energy was just kind of there. So. That was negative for a couple of weeks, but then oh, also be just before that argument, we actually went to Florida to Miami to take a little break because um, we're always working. Um, and that was really nice to sometimes mentally check out from work. And we were able to like go to the ocean, just enjoy the sunny weather. And that really helped us reset some of our, um, I guess, priorities in life. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess, I guess for me, it's, uh, it's just my personal life, you know, like growing up as a kid, um, especially being an immigrant to the country, um, you know, life, life's not always easy. Uh, you know, learning the language as well. English is actually not even my first language. <laughs> I know we kind of talked about it this way, um, but uh, yeah, learning the English language, uh, just falling behind in school because of that and just being made fun of in school and, and, and just having a really tough time growing up because um, I, I didn't come from a wealthy background or anything. So not grew up not necessarily like in the nicest neighborhoods um, and to, to even down to my 20s, just letting you know my employers and, and my supervisors telling me, you know, you're not good enough in life. You're not good enough to do all these things. Um, and, uh, you know, when you grow up 20 years like that, just having all these people telling you, you know, you're not good enough for this world is tough. And uh, and that's why I think I told you that uh, the biggest motivator in my life was myself, because uh, I had to fight for a lot of things for myself, um, especially for a guy, you know, like there's just no mercy in this world for, for men if you're not strong enough. That's just, I guess, the mentality. And uh, I, I had to learn very quickly, like how to how to just change myself uh, through everything, through physically, mentally, um, just everything. So, uh, yeah, for me, the, the, the biggest turning point was, you know, one day I just realized, you know, I, I just had to do something in life because otherwise it's just, you know, um, not gonna go well for me uh, in every single way. So, um, you know, I, I started picking up from, you know, just doing a lot of physical workouts, number one. Uh, that gave, gave me a little bit of confidence, like knowing that, hey, you know, I, 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 can, I can, you know, as a guy, you always wanna put on muscles and things, stuff like that. So, you know, when I was finally able to do that, that first gave me my confidence. And I started to approach people more. And then eventually I just wanna do well in my career. And then it kind of just built up and up and up. 
Um, but yeah, I think for me, it just all started with, uh, you know, having a rough childhood. Um, well, I said early, you know, we would maybe get into this topic. By the way, what's your time frame? It's, it is after one. How much, do you have another 10 minutes? We went 10 minutes longer. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, real quick, back to that early on question. And you just, you just related to it a little bit. Um, you know, you hear about the issues in this country right now and some very immediate with the eight murders that occurred in Atlanta, of which it appears, you know, six of the eight were Asian. And, and then you hear a lot about Asian hate right now. Did you guys, either one of you, grow up with any of what you felt was that? And, and then in your case, you know, I get it. Guys have a little different, and it, it sounds sexist, but the reality is there's a different sort of pressure. And I, I'm not your culture, but I think there's even, isn't there more of a male pressure even in maybe the Cantonese? You know, the, the, there's a, a little more of a pressure. So anyway, both of you, talk to that topic just a little bit. Yeah, I, I can quickly speak to it because, like, you know, of exactly my background because, like, you know, I do have a Chinese background. Um, now, back to the topic about growing up, uh, I, I, to be honest, I didn't experience too much of that, like, racial, I guess, stereotype or, or attack on me personally, uh, just because, again, Canada is such a multicultural um, country, and especially in Toronto, there's just people of all walks of life, so not necessarily that. I think you know, during my rough time as a, as a child is, is the fact that I just didn't speak the language and I just got made fun of a lot because of that. Um, but not necessarily because of my skin color or the way I look or anything. So I was very fortunate not to, not to experience that. So, um, you know, again, you know, we might not be the best person to ask about this topic just because again, like we just, we just don't experience a lot of that in Canada. The, the, the Asian population here is, is quite big here in Canada as well. Um, so, you know, we just, you know, just don't experience it too much. Yeah, it's for me personally too. Um, I'm just so grateful to have been born here and in our community, like just going to public schools and just looking at my friends and I have a lot of very close friends. It's very multicultural. So the whole, um, what's happened in the past year in the U.S. hasn't been really as, um, it's, like we haven't gone through it personally, to be honest. And again, I'm so grateful. But again, like in my group of friends, we have a couple of Asians in there. We have Trinidadians. We have um, one of my best friends from Serbia. It's it's truly, truly multicultural. So we've never looked at things in that that, that lens. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the last thing I guess I, I just want to add to that is, uh, and and I think I talked about this in the beginning of the call, is like, it, it's like, you know, I just don't even see people of color, like different colors anymore. Um, it could be just the different things that I, I mentioned, like in terms of spirituality and the mindset that you just see people as just beings, you know, like inner energy. Energy, um, yeah. And, you know, the your, your body is just your outer shell. You know, you're just a spirit experiencing a physical world, right? So... Um, you know, at the end of the day, when you leave this world, you just, <laughs> you're just a spiritual being. So, um, and, and I treat people like the way I want to be treated. So maybe I just never felt that, you know, that resistance from, from the other side, because I talk to everyone the same, same way. I don't, right. Without caring what you physically look like. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm very fortunate in that. And I'm not ignoring the issue, don't get me wrong. I, I know there is that issue out there, but you know, we all live our internal worlds. And uh, I, I don't like to be caught up in a lot of those things as well and, and, and make me be fearful when I walk out, right? I don't want to carry that fear in my head. It's like, hey, is this, is this person looking at me at a certain way? Uh, because that's going to change my behavior. And if that changes my behavior, it's going to trickle. And I'm going to talk to someone differently. So um, I just don't want to carry that with me. And and uh, and I intend to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you said something there that I think every spirituality in the world teaches. If we all just would listen. That is, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. You just sit and think about that. And I mean, and that's. Every, I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine, and I've studied most, a lot of spiritualities in the world. There's none of them that teach, you know what? Teach, treat other people badly. Um, and, and then you should get treated well. And no, nobody teaches that. I mean, it's, it's not. So do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And then here's another one. I, you know, I learned this from my dad initially, but I know that it's, it came from a lot of other sources, but, and that's love the sinner. We all make mistakes. We're all going to screw stuff up. Love the sinner. Hate the sin. Meaning you could do something that I, a behavior, something I don't really like at all. And we could agree to disagree and dislike that. But I need to love you. Yeah. Everybody. And if we could just get get back. I think, I think in the U.S. here, we've gotten away from those two attitudes in a big sort of way. Because again, like you, I, I live in a rural situation and maybe some of my best friends are animals <laughs> just because I'm around them a lot. And so I look at them in the kind of the same way. Is that it isn't just not all humans are alike, because I think they are. Color doesn't matter. Spirituality doesn't matter. Education doesn't matter intelligence doesn't you know any of that but I, i'll throw it in with with other animals too and, and say that it's the same thing you should treat treat everything the way you'd want to be treated uh, anyway so um last question and then you guys give us some final thoughts you're entrepreneurs define entrepreneurism for me and in the con in your context not the way you've heard Tony Robbins do it or anybody else. Each of you give your definition of an entrepreneur and make it fairly short, so not long. And, in, and then lastly, in, as you finish it in this context, as yourself, you now as an entrepreneur, are you a starter or a finisher? You, if you understand. Because And before you answer it, I'll give you mine. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 12. I'm 68. That's 56 years. I'm a starter. I really don't. And I didn't used to know this. I didn't realize this. But I don't get a lot of internal joy from finishing. I, I just assume let someone else finish. Um, I, I'm a starter. So in that question, starter versus finisher. But anyway, define for each of you entrepreneurism 
And then are you a starter or a finisher? Maybe both. Maybe you're both too. I, I'm I'm clearly a starter. Yeah, so for me, like the shortest form possible, an entrepreneur, in my definition, is someone that takes an idea that they believe in and make things happen. Because a lot of people can talk about ideas, but in, like you said, if you don't execute or start, then it won't come alive. Um, and we're, I'm a starter because um, when we do have ideas, we like to execute right away on it and make things happen. And it's also enjoying the entire journey as well. So I don't want this to end and finish ever, um, especially with Kind Laundry. We want it to continue for as long as we can live, um, even when we're really old. So um, yeah, I just don't see a finish to a lot of the, our projects. We just continue to start many projects around it. Yeah, and uh, I guess my definition definition to entrepreneurship is is very similar. Is um, you know, every, every, a lot of people now, especially with the digital age, they call themselves entrepreneurs. But uh, you know. Uh, to me, the criteria that, that you got to be uh, is you got to have the grit, um, the the drive, and also the motivation to um, to just keep going every single day. So to go from an idea to executing, um, you know, just having the idea is not good enough. And, and and a lot of people call themselves an entrepreneur just based on that alone. And and you know the the idea and and, and execution goes nowhere. Um, and then also to, the most important thing actually to me is to is to how how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable every single day. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more losses than wins, to be honest, in, in, in entrepreneurship. But like, how do you battle that uh, until you get that big win? Um, and uh, for me, starter, I, I think I'm a starter for sure. Um, you know, I just see myself learning for the rest of my life. Uh, it never ends. Uh, so, uh, and that goes to either personal development uh, in the business uh, or just the the way I view the world in general, even the world to me is, is, is a starter. It's, it's, never, it's a never ending cycle and things that pops up all the time. I think that's on your side. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Those are great answers. So now, as I said, let's end it with, unless Mark or Reeve or Sierra, others have questions, anybody in the audience, um, give us some final thoughts whatever you want them to be, and, in, and make sure in those, I think you've already said it, but Mark and Ari, please show on the website how to, what's the best way to get your product, ordering from you, if, if we're in Canada, is there another way we should do it, or in Toronto, let's say, very close, um, and then contact, and that's there. I see there's a, you've got the email address, there's a phone number up there, toll-free, and there's obviously a, a form that people can fill out. Um, so that's there. So let's go to the final thoughts and then how should we buy from you? Yeah, so final thoughts from, from, uh, from me is, uh, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, I think it, it's a very lonely journey and, uh, you know, we just need to all sort of support each other. But now even with, with the pandemic that's happening right now, it's just more reasons for people to be closer together and, um, you know, I know we talked about politics a little bit, and, and it's very unfortunate that, that, that there's all these events that's happening around the world. But, uh, you know, that's what we started Kind Laundry for. It's, you know, again, like our packaging says, let's be kind together. Um, and, and that goes for everything, right? Like from, from, from entrepreneurship to, to just saving this planet. I know it sounds cliche, but it, it takes everyone's effort to, to move forward. Um, and, you know, the thing that we always see in Kind Laundry is, is like, you know, hey, if, if one customer's 
switch over from plastic to, to, to a more sustainable option, imagine you multiply that by hundreds of thousands to hopefully a billion down the road, then you really eliminate that problem that I said in the beginning um, of having a billion plastic jugs going to the ocean every single year, just in the US, right? Um, so it's, it's the togetherness that I think is, is very important um, for, for businesses uh, and also transparency as well. So that's one thing that we really stand behind is the transparency of our company uh, in, like, uh, in terms of um, you know, our customer communication, uh, the way we formulate our product, um, and, and just having an open dialogue to, to partnerships as well. So we're partnering up with a lot of sustainable um, brands, like clothing brands, for example, which has not really been done in the laundry distribution market too. So I think a lot of the theme here for us is, is making, like working with everyone. I think, you know, gone are those days is where, you know, a company does everything on their own and try to be, build an empire on their own. Um, but really it's just connecting uh, with the community. Thank you. Um, I think Renoir kind of summed up very well. It's, again, um, just connecting with like-minded people and um, mastermind and just helping each other out to grow with each other and make an impact. And yeah, in terms of uh, contacting us, yeah, it's right there on the screen. So hello at kindlaundry.com. Uh, our team checks the emails, but uh, yeah, anything that, that comes uh, to us, if it's our attention, it'll get forwarded to us personally. Uh, and obviously you can find us at www.kindlaundry.com. That's our website. And then on Instagram is at kindlaundry. And if you're in Canada, the best place to buy our product would actually be on well.ca, W-E-L-L.ca. And for me, it's ordered directly from your line, from your website, correct? Yes. We're uh, U.S. customers directly from kindlaundry.com. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize that we went late. I do have one last question. This one's probably fun. How many names did you go through before you settled on Kind Laundry? Oh, probably I think maybe two or three. Yeah, not that much to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I think we quickly knew what we needed uh, the company to represent and who we are as people and just, again, being kind to each other, kind to your community, kind to the world. And uh, it was a no-brainer having a kinder laundry <laughs> option. So that word kind just came up very quickly for us. So yeah, it was, it was very natural. Colors and logo. How much? How much of that? And how did you did you use anything like Fiverr or some of the other services? So on. To get your get your logo. That's a funny story because we initially went on Fiverr, um, almost went with a different type of packaging, and thank God we didn't. And then we went to a, a, a platform called Ninety Nine Design. It's really cool because okay. it's free. Um, just say you have a project, for instance, like our project in this case, packaging. And you get to create a brief of exactly who you are, what you're standing for, what your product is. And you have a bunch of designers bid on this project. And we saw a bunch of ideas. And we got lucky. Um, this amazing designer from New Zealand who understood what we stood for. Um, her agency is actually called Create for Good. Um, helped us create some of these amazing packaging. So, yeah. In terms of uh, a color, actually, uh, you guys might find it interesting. So it's kind of like a teal turquoise color. Uh, that's our branding color. It comes from blue and green put together. So blue, uh, the ocean represents ocean, and then green represents land. Yeah. And <laughs> right. Um, so associated with that, and 90, and even with 99 designs and such, um, have you maintained a relationship then with the guy in New Zealand or the gal? And 
done other things for you. So that does that become long term? That's correct. Yes, because uh, she understood it's very important, especially when it's designed to find someone that really understands your branding. So anything that has to do with packaging, she's your go-to person. Yeah, and uh, and for us, we see Kind Laundry as also being a creative company as well. Uh, we want to do a lot of things that's kind of outside the box from what people are used to in the laundry detergent market. We just think it's it's a category that's just so been so stale <laughs> in the past century, and and it's time for a company to go in there and make it fun and exciting again. Um, so as much as you know, we have product innovation, uh, creative the creative aspect is very important for us. So yeah, we've been we've been working with her ever since, and she's still with us today. So for example, like some quick um, tips is that a lot of people are, because it's kind of like a drawer we pull out, after they're done their sheet, they actually use it to store their stuff, like pens and paper, papers and anything. Yeah. 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 Was that something you thought about and that, or did it just happen and once you had it? Um, it's no, no, it's definitely something that uh, we, as soon as we saw the, the product design, we're like, oh my God, like you can actually reuse this for so many things. Cause like I, I first saw it cause like, you know, growing up in a generation where we had like pencil cases, <laughs> uh, I saw that as a pencil case. And then I think after Angie Pai saw like some makeup yeah. for traveling. Uh, so we just saw like, you can actually reuse this in so many ways. And um, especially, I, I don't know in, in the States, uh, if you have a lot of refilleries. Uh, so there's a lot of refilleries uh, businesses popping up as well all over Canada and um, and they actually encourage to reuse this box so like uh, down the road we're actually going to start selling these um, in sheets bulk. in bulk to these uh, distilleries uh, so they can bring their box in and all they have to do is just buy the sheets again. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, and then again this is just this will be last for me. Um, back to the logo and the name, what would you call, you've had a couple of them. What is your slogan that you really like people to have? What, is it what's on the box or is it something else? Yeah, uh, definitely what's on the box. <laughs> Let's be kind together. I think that just captures everything. Um, Let's and, be kind together. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I, and I think that can relate to anybody. It doesn't matter what your journey is in life. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, obviously entrepreneurship but like as a customer um what what people stand for you know to the planet let's be kind to the planet let's be kind as humanity even uh and i think we, we sort of need that reminder uh especially the times that we're going through now um more so than ever uh and just be kind and, and i think just that one small gesture just maybe even saying hi to someone on the street <laughs> you know uh that can change someone's day uh so we just want to remind people of that by the way and I was asking it in a context of marketing because a long time ago, somebody taught me, and right now I'm going to use Nike as my example, but it could be a lot of other companies. But is it every company ought to always think ahead and think that eventually people should know you independently by your logo. In the case of Nike, that's a swish. By your name. In their case, Nike, really simple. And by your slogan. And what's Nike's? Just do it. Okay. So, um, and it visually, somebody should be able to see any one of those three alone and know it's Nike. Okay. Or you could put two of the three together. You could put all three together and, and make it work. You've done that. So, 
that's really cool. So I, I hope that you, you, you're happy with it and that you kind of stick with it because, because that, I, I can see that's the case. Because you could put next to your kind laundry on your website here right now that we're looking at, you could put that slogan to the right if you wanted and it would look fine. It'd be great. And, and it would be, a, you know, or you could do the slogan alone. So we're going to help people know that. So forget about Nike. We're not going to use that as the example. We're going to use kind laundry as our example of what uses a slogan, a logo, and a mark, uh, all three of those together, so, and a name. Actually, and, and the, the mark is oftentimes the logo, so like the swish for, for Nike is the, the, the mark. Yeah. All right, well, you guys have been awesome. Uh, Areed, Mark, Sierra, any further last questions, anything? I will just say that, hi guys. Yeah, so this is the basically behind the glass team. This is Arib here. Um, and I just love this whole session here. It gave me a lot of ideas, me being my major is in marketing. <laughs> I think you guys kind of just made it really helpful for me to, for my own self, for understanding and everything. And Wayne just, like, I think summed up really nicely. You have everything, and I just love what you were doing. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Our pleasure. Thank you so much to um, have this conversation. It's been a pleasure. Sierra, anything? She said she had stuff going on, so she's probably muted. Mark? Yeah, um, thank you very much for coming on. And I, I love this idea of um, putting natural ingredients and everything. Um, I just had a, had one question. How um, is it used differently? Like when you load up the um, washing machine, does it go um, differently than than the um, conventional liquid soap that you put in um, into the machine? How 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 is it used? Yeah. So you just um, literally just take a sheet and just throw it into your washing machine. So when the water touches the the sheet, it'll just dissolve um, in it. Um, or yeah. If you don't use washing machine, a lot of people like to hand wash their stuff. You can just throw into the bucket, roll it around, and hand wash your items. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. By the way, I I'd use it that way, just when I'm going to clean something in my office or whatever. Um, you know, again, I'm going to mention the product name just because it really does. It's pretty well known in the U.S. at least. If you've got something that you really want to get off. The best sort of detergent to use is a drop or two of Dawn in a in a container. It's just, for whatever reason, better than everything else. Well, I'm going to already guess that I'm going to switch to yours and it's going to be better than, than, than Dawn. So you just put part of the sheet in a bucket of water and then I'm using it to clean. So, um, it's, uh, anyway. it's one of the light packs, I guess, uh, because our, our, our detergent doesn't contain any, I guess, non-toxic. Uh, chemicals in there yeah. Uh, yeah it could be it could be a good life hack that you know you can probably like wipe your countertops or, or something with yeah well and i'm guessing my that that product i mentioned on probably got some bad stuff in it so i'm guessing that isn't going to be so good well thank you guys thank you so much i really mean that um and not just from the product i really think you are kind people Know that anytime you want, if you're in Colorado, you need to, you, you need to know the door's open. Come visit. Um, I'm going to get to Toronto sometime again. I told you I have a bunch of other friends there. 
And uh, if I can, and you'll have me, I'd love to come see visit you guys. Yes, please. Yeah. And again, thank you so much um, for having us on um, and being part of the community. It's your entire yeah, time. and Arib will reach back out to you. I'm going to separately also, but when this gets done into a replay, which will be sometime in the next 48 hours, um, you're, you own this just like we do, the, the, the material. So Marco, Mark or Arib will help you get the replay, get it to where you can break it up into little pieces, make blog articles out of it, which the average hour webinar can make about 20, 1,500-word blog articles. Um, mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a lot of really cool things that, that you can do. Break it up into little bits and pieces that you use for various different reasons. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, for the tip. Thanks. Mark, why don't you take us out, my friend?